welcome to Barnyard Language. We are Katie and Arlene, an Iowa sheep farmer and an Ontario dairy farmer with six kids, two husbands, and a whole lot of chaos between us. So kick off your boots, reheat your coffee, and join us for some Barnyard Language, honest talk about running farms and raising families. In case your kids haven't already learned all the swears from being in the barn, it might be a good idea to put on some headphones or turn down the volume. While many of our guests are professionals, they aren't your professionals. If you need personalized advice, consult your people. Wow, that was very loud. Sorry. No, it's fine. I think I, when I mess with the volume, you sound better, but she got aggressive. She is kind of pushy. <laughs> we know. Recording is in progress. For any of our listeners who are wondering what we're talking about, it's the Zoom recording morning lady. She is very adamant that we know that we're recording. Welcome to another episode of Barnyard Language. So as usual, we're going to start out with what's going on each of our farms. So Katie, tell me what's happening in your place. So the girl child is turning six on the first week of December. And so she's host having her first friend birthday party which is basically all we talk about well sometimes we talk about christmas and then we talk about her birthday and then we talk about christmas and then we talk about her birthday and then occasionally the boy child will interrupt with this morning the first thing he said was i want to talk about thanksgiving i want to talk about food i like like buddy (laughs) me too too. so we started our day talking about foods we like He wasn't too sure about turkey, but he does like ham. He made sure I knew that. He thinks that we should be having popcorn chicken from the gas station for Thanksgiving dinner soon. Oh, maybe I'll just make that ham. I don't care. Whatever, you know. My baby's happy. I'm happy. Got the kids their own Christmas tree. The girl child had been asking for one. We don't put our tree up until usually Saturday after Thanksgiving. So we'll do that this week. But she saw a rainbow colored tinsel tree at walmart it's four feet tall from what i know of her that sounds like the perfect tree absolutely on brand um she's decorated it she added more tinsel of course oh good so i will post some photos of that but she's leaning in hard to the christmas decoration and the upside is that it is in her room and hopefully this will encourage her to not redecorate the christmas tree lid every day like she did last year right uh, yeah maybe i i did have to or rescue as, as your nice ornaments go missing from your tree you'll know where to look yeah i had to rescue a number of my good ornaments because you know we have the plastic ones from walmart just the cheap balls but i do also have some like one glass ornaments and things mm-hmm. of that nature Way more breakable also this week jim pulled out his grandpa had built barns for all of the kids for Jim and his sister and cousins when they were children and he pulled out this week for the boy child and the girl child and it's like probably close to four feet long and it's in the middle of my living room perfect and shall never move again it will never move again and the boy child is now asking for a second barn for the kitchen because that is now a separate farm oh good and um, I'm just going to guess your kitchen's maybe not big enough for a farm oh, and no, cooking of food. 
No, which I mean, a boy child would be fine with because he would happily live off popcorn picking for the rest of his life, (laughs) which is good for the gas station. Because, yeah, if we put a four foot long barn in our kitchen, that's basically the entire floor. Oh, yeah. So how are things? What's been going on in your house or maybe? Things are good here, too. It's also birthday season in our house. We have three out of four kids with birthdays in the next few weeks. And well, the first one just happened. So I now have a 12-year-old again. So this is my third child just turned 12. So we did do a friend party again this year. It's, you know, they change over time. So we had some negotiating to do about what that would look like, whether we were going to stay home or go into the city to do something. So we settled on four friends coming over and hanging out and they had pizza and made ice cream Sundays and there was no singing of happy birthday and there were no candles. And every once in a while, I would go check in and see if they wanted any help doing activities. And they all said that they were just fine doing what they were doing. So it was fun for them. Yeah. Different scene than I'm sure what you're going to be having with a bunch of six-year-olds. <laughs> I do week. I do want to mention what I'm pretty sure is a stroke of absolute genius on my part, which is probably it for like all of 2023 as well. I hired our regular babysitter to come help child's birthday. A house full of four, five, and six-year-olds, because obviously the boy child will be here as well, because, you know, he lives here. Um, She likes little kids. I mean, obviously, I love my children, but a house full of small children is not my idea of a good time. Everybody's happy. Yeah. We did that many years for for kid birthday parties. I did usually banish siblings. You're nicer than I am. But that was sometimes my kid at my kid's request. Even for the 12-year-old birthday party, the siblings were banished from the house or the older ones had to go to their rooms because they got to just hang out with their friends without the input of their siblings. Because especially older siblings for a birthday party can turn a little bit, uh, maybe a bit bossy. So anyway, yeah, well, we have sometimes banished siblings over to grandma's house, but hiring the babysitter to come and assist is definitely a win for those little kid birthday parties. Yeah. I think once my kids are older, we'll probably start banishing one. But right now, because they're so close in age, they have all the same friends. So it yeah, seems sure. really rude. Those several of the girl child's friends, younger siblings are friends with the boy child. So they got invited too, because it seems really rude too, to be like, one of you can go play with your friends. Yeah, that's not right. The other not one the other. sucks to yeah. be you. Um, <laughs> yeah, not this time because there's not cake. this time. Yes, there's really good food, and we're going to play fun games, and there's going to be new toys, so you can't go anyway. But yes, I'm sure when they get older, it'll be different. I did. I was trying to praise the children this weekend for being nice to each other, and I said something about, "Oh, it's so nice that you're such good friends." And the girl child looks at me. She goes, "Mommy, we're not friends." We're brother and sister. Friends live in different houses. Fair enough. I mean, check. Got it. Not wrong. But but you're getting along in this moment. So let's be thankful for that. Yeah. Despite with mommy and not each other. That's fine. Yeah, that's right. Give me that. So this week we are doing our second annual episode of something, which is kind of exciting. We got past a year and we're, we're doing something over again, Katie. That feels pretty fun. This is like our first second episode isn't it Uh, yeah wow yeah exactly so since we usually start our interviews with a guest with what are you growing i thought that maybe we could do a little recap of what we're growing and then i was also wanting to ask you the question what traditions are you growing because we're going into 
the festive season for so for Katie and I, we celebrate Christmas. We are not assuming that all of our listeners do. You might celebrate different holidays through the winter. You might not celebrate anything, but as this tends to be a gift buying and purchasing time of year, that's why we're doing our gift and year guide again. So, Katie, what are you growing and what traditions are you growing in your house? My husband and I farm about 300 acres in I'm just going to totally reintroduce myself, Arlene. There's nothing you can do about it, especially because I'm the one who edits the show. <laughs> anyway, 300 acres in far northeast Iowa. With We farm with my husband's folks. We have a daughter who is almost six and a son who is four and a half. They've both grown more than two inches in the last four months, which explains a lot about my grocery bill and a lot about my clothing bill. And a lot about the amount of laundry I'm doing. We raised Todd and hair sheep. For me, we have, I think, 25 ewes. And we also raise Normandy beef cattle. We have, I think, 13 cow-calf pairs and, you know, get our calves. Uh-huh. We have a few chickens. We have two big dogs. We have five cats in the house, which is a mistake, whatever. It's not like they all came at once. You know, and there were some ducks at one point too, weren't there? This oh, duck. there's still a shit ton of ducks. Yes, things are. No head count on the ducks. Duck man. Probably 15 ish, mostly Muscovies, two Pekins, not really much else. I, that's about it. Yeah. Um, and as what far traditions as are you growing? Our closest town of any size does a. Huge drive-through light display between Thanksgiving and Christmas as a fundraiser for the local children's shelter family services. And so we do that. So we usually, you know, drive through and then go to Culver's, get us some butter burgers, get some cheese curds with that Midwestern. We also will go to the Canadian Pacific holiday train is back on this year after the pandemic. So that's very exciting. They bring a train that is lit and has musicians, and they go to a lot of small towns all over North America and the U.S. and Canada, so all over North America. Yeah, they come to our town, too. Oh, do they? Are you going to go with your kids? I don't know. We have gone in the past. The train yards is not the most accessible location, and I have some kids who don't like crowds and loud noises, so maybe not. (laughs) <laughs> but we have done it in the past. It is very pretty, but the concert aspect doesn't always fit our family. So we'll see. I might go, but who knows who I will bring with. I have the feeling that this might be a year that we you know sit in the car and watch, which would also be fine because that is an excellent point that train tracks by, you know, by design are usually kind of out of the way and not real people friendly. Yeah. Good yeah. Not the best life. location for a concert venue with, you know. Yeah. Like, elevated seating or anything there's none of yeah. that yeah but it's festive as shit so that's good yes yeah, it's that's a good time true. to break out your ugly christmas leggings and you know lean into that if that's something you do ah. my kids are just getting old enough to really like have holiday traditions that they're any part of so mm-hmm. i'm looking forward sometimes to it sometimes they end up telling you what's a tradition where you're like oh i thought that was a one-off but i guess we're doing that again this year my fucking kids. Okay. My fucking kids. You're going to find out. I'm trying to make them watch Elle because I think it's funny. And I feel like they would think it's funny. They hate mm-hmm. it. 
they hate that movie with such a fiery fucking passion. And it's like the least cozy, jolly situation that I'm like chasing my two small children, yelling at them because they won't watch a Will Ferrell movie. The boy child insists that it's terrifying. The girl yeah. child just keeps asking questions and then says it's ridiculous and won't watch it. So I, it's probably bad. That, there. Yeah. Their humor is more mature than mine, but whatever. Arlene, what are you guys growing? Yeah. So we are on a farm in southeastern Ontario. So we're about an hour from Ottawa, which is Canada's capital. So we're in the province of Ontario and we are on my husband's family farm that's been in the family for multiple generations. And we're raising our four kids here. So at this moment, I have 16, 14, 12 and seven year olds. But in a few weeks, some of them are going to upgrade by years. So yeah, everybody is growing quickly. We have about 700 acres of owned land and then rent another couple hundred acres where we grow corn and soybeans and lots of hay for our dairy farm where we milk registered Holsteins here on the farm. We milk about 80 cows in a tie stall barn. Oh, and one sorry. jersey, right? And one jersey. That's right. I yeah, guess she's not in milk that. yet, is she? No, so. she's not. No, she, has, she doesn't calve till March. So at this point, we, we own one jersey. The rest of them are Holsteins. And yeah, so that's what we're growing. In terms of traditions, that does seem to be kind of evolving based both on ages of kids and mental capacity of parents. But most years, I would say every year we hit, we go out and pick our own tree or cut our own tree at a local tree farm. Because we have some December birthdays, I've always said that the tree doesn't go up until after the last birthday. So our last birthday is on the 8th of December. So sometimes we might cut the tree before then, but it doesn't actually get put up until after that birthday. So some of the other Christmas decorations go up, but the tree waits until birthdays are gone. And that kind of shortens up the Christmas season a little bit, which I don't mind. We did end up adding an elf. It's not like the traditional elf on the shelf, but we have like a kindness elf situation that we only added because my daughter was so sad. I think she was probably about 10 or 11 that everybody else's house had elves and hers didn't. And the school had an elf and I really was one of those parents who was like, I don't need to add anything else to my life. But she really wanted one and was very sad about it. And it was at that time where I knew that we didn't have much time left for those types of traditions where I knew that she was going to be kind of aging out of elf territory. That's another thing that also waits until after the last birthday. So that can help too, to shorten up your number of elfing days by saying that it doesn't arrive until the December 9th. So that's not quite as many nights to remember to move the DML. So Arlene, we're, I did an elf for a couple of days last year, but my kids were too little to know or care. But now the girl child at least seems to know what it is. What's the protocol for if they see the elf in the box of decorations because they've found the box and ripped it open in the process of decorating their four-foot tall rainbow tree in a bedroom? I mean, you just make up a new story every time and see what sticks, I think. I think you know, I told them Santa she was hibernating. Sent it back. Yeah, you know, the magic doesn't start until whatever day you choose. Who knows? I mean, it's all made up, right? So you're saying that hiding her under my sweatshirt, yelling at them that they hadn't seen anything while they laughed and tried to grab it was probably a fine way to approach it? Yeah, I think that's exactly I mean, what I would have done. We all had a really good time. The elf problem. 
<laughs> Whatever. Well, the magic well, hasn't started yet. Yeah. So still chromatose. So yeah, that's right. What traditions are you growing otherwise? For your yeah, other than totally yeah, told like, me, didn't you? Tree stuff. The one other thing that we have tried to do is they do get an allowance through the year, but in December they don't get an allowance because in theory that money goes towards their buying of gifts for their siblings. Kind of pre-job age, so they don't necessarily have any savings by the time December comes around, but that kind of makes sure that everybody still has some funds remaining to pick out presents for each other. And so, yeah, we do try and take each of them shopping at some point to pick out things for their siblings and for the and parents. So that takes some juggling with four kids, but it works. And online shopping works too for that. What age did they start understanding giving gifts to siblings? I don't know. I mean, my seven-year-old is definitely at this point starting to come up with ideas on his own. I mean, younger than that, they would have at least, you know, sometimes they're picking out things that they want, but you can kind of guide them <laughs> towards it's like, that's a nice idea that maybe I could tell someone else to get for you. But, you know, yeah, even just the the practice of like, let's think, really try and think about what this other person might like is, you know, it's a good exercise for younger kids, whether or not they get it or not is going to depend on them. I'm hoping this afternoon to go through and call some toys that are like straight up throw away and then set some out that I think maybe we could donate. And at least with that idea, sending things I, on. And I homes. have found that is harder actually than like say buying a present for a friend's birthday party or for a sibling, because getting rid of something for someone that you don't know is maybe a harder process to wrap your head around because it's like, well, I did like this thing. Maybe I'll want it again. It's the same when I try and get rid of my own stuff, <laughs> right? Like maybe I'll use it again. Maybe I don't need to get rid of it yet. But the, you know, yeah, that process of donating and giving away toys might be even an older stage than actually picking out something for a friend or a sibling. I think that those are yeah. kind of two separate concepts. No, that makes sense. That's a good point. Yeah, but every kid is different. Yeah. All right. So I think we're going to move into some of our gift suggestions. And then we also have some that our lovely listeners and followers on social media have given us. So I'm going to go ahead and start with my first. I know that last year we talked about the Muddies brand and we've even had Nicole on the podcast, but I'm going to bring them back up again for this year. So Muddies have launched their new overalls, or as Katie calls them, bibs. And I've been wearing mine since the weather got cold and I really love the design. So they have waterproof and cutproof front pockets and knees and hems, which is really cool. So I work and milk cows in a tie stall, so I'm often leaning down. And with the pockets being reinforced with this waterproof material, it means that if I'm leaning down into, say, manure or urine, I don't get wet knees, which is fabulous. And then the hems aren't also going to fray on these guys because they've got that same material on the hems, which I love. And like her other designs, they are made for actual women's bodies. So they're made and designed for things like hips and boobs and stomachs and they're adjustable. And so, yeah, they're very comfortable and comfortable clothes that fit well are safer to work in. So that's my first recommendation. And they also have a zipped waterproof pocket where you can slip your cell phone in if it's if that's something that you keep on you when you're working. So that's great too. 
Am I correct in thinking that the waist adjustment on those is a zipper rather than buttons that just end up gaping open? It's zippers on the sides, yeah. And then there's also an adjustment in the back, kind of like those, you know, like the kids' pants with those like stretchy things with the buttons. So if you have, say, like I get a bigger size, but sometimes the waist needs a bit of cinching in, there is that cinch in the back that you can then pull in at the back a bit if you need more room in the front. I was just excited about the zippers because I know when I was pregnant, you know, and you wear overalls with the buttons on the sides, if you have to leave the buttons open, then your underwear is showing because yeah, and you those know, now your pants are open things. for four sides or for yeah. four inches on both sides. Yeah, um, that's right. And Nicole, keep an eye out because I'm ordering a pair for lambing because I thought about how nice it would be to not kneel in any placenta. I mean, I'll probably still kneel in the placenta, but at least it won't soak through to it my won't, skin. Yeah, it won't soak into your pants. That's not a nice way to spend a late February morning, you know. With placenta knee. That sounds placenta like a medical condition. Yeah. yeah. Also, for anyone who's never dealt with placenta, once it stains something, the smell and the color do not come out. So I am looking forward to not ruining good pants this year. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm still going to ruin at least one good pair of pants, but yeah, knock on wood. Ruining less pants. All right. So my first thing, we all know that people who have way too much shit. I'm one of them. A lot of my friends and family this year are getting Patreon memberships. So if you have not gotten one from our nerd language yet, you could do that. There are also all sorts of artists and musicians and inventors and all sorts of cool folks that you can support through Patreon. And a lot of them do things like I've subscribed to one that sends a new computer desktop wallpaper every month, which is an awesome little treat. I subscribe to an artist who has sent me a coffee mug and monthly stickers, which is also a delightful little treat. And it's a really nice way to support someone with something that they're interested in without giving them a bunch of random shit that they don't actually want or need. And it helps creators a lot yeah and, and it's if a nice you little vote of confidence to- as a creator so that's right and if you subscribe to ours you get bonus content like getting episodes early or videos of us doing our weekly intros and i'm sure we'll think of some other things also most creators have a tier that starts at like a dollar a month so it's a gift that seems more impressive than it is expensive as well which is delightful because it's the thought that counts and not how much money you throw at shit. All right, Arlene, what's your next one? So my next one is teacher gifts. This can also count for bus drivers or, you know, like the people in your life that you feel like you need to give a gift to, but you don't necessarily know all of that well. You don't know their likes or dislikes. So this one can be tricky. Usually I've been going with gift cards to the grocery store because I figure everybody needs food and everyone's talking about how much more expensive food is this year. But my other idea for our teachers this year is I'm going to donate some books to the school library because our library has gone through some changes recently. And I know at the beginning of the year, they were looking for book donations. So I figure this is also a good time to donate some books. So I'm going to look for some more diverse topics than maybe what we would typically find at our rural school. Maybe even some winter holiday books about other holidays other than Christmas would be a good idea. So I'm going to be doing some research over the next week or so and pick out some books for our school library. I can let the teachers know that's what their presents are. That's a great idea. My next one, a friend just sent me a YouTube link for some new music 
and it occurred to me that one of the things that I most honestly need in life at this point is new experiences. You know, I work from home, I work remotely, and it's so easy, especially, you know, with little kids out in the country to just feel stale. The exposure to new music or different foods or new art or interesting new books or just, I had not realized how stale and dusty my brain had been getting. So anything to knock the dirt out of the crevices of my brain. Blow out the cobwebs. (laughs) Yep. A little mental dust buster is probably a good thing. And and chances are, if you like something, you know, as the gift giver, if there's something that you've discovered and you like, then, you know, maybe the person that you're buying for or gifting to will also like it. And even if they don't love it as much as you do, then they can appreciate that it's something that you enjoyed and then you've got something in common or something that you can discuss. Yeah. So even if it's not a gift, just when you find something that lights your brain up, share it with somebody because Mm -hmm. chances are that they need that too. Um, Yeah, that's a good point. And that's, it's nice to be thought of as well. Yes, that is true. So this is the one, Katie, I couldn't remember if we had discussed this on a previous episode. Maybe you even have one, but I was looking through my Amazon wish list because I was trying to think of ideas because throughout the year, I just add stuff to the wish list for myself or the kids or my husband. And then in theory, I will remember to buy them someday when there's a gift giving occasion. So I was thinking about getting a metal detector for one of the kids or for like kind of as a group gift, because I'm thinking it could be kind of fun to have them go out and search for treasures. The only thing will be is, you know, if you give it at Christmas, the ground is frozen. So it's kind of like giving a bike at Christmas time, right? Like, Here's the thing you can't use for many months. But do you have a metal detector? Is that fun? We don't, but that's a great idea. Yeah. So I'm hoping they focus their efforts on like the surrounding fields and like the barnyard, not so much my lawn. So yeah. Well, unless you've got a new roof put on the house, you could get them picking up nails. Yeah, that's true. I'm just thinking of the like, pay them a couple cents per nail, it'll still be cheaper. (laughs) Yeah. I was just thinking of the, you know, going around and then having to dig up the holes, be like (laughs) the holes movie where there's like, yeah, yeah. Big, uh, you don't have free-range poultry, do you? We do not, no. Yeah, my lawn is just all holes anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, well. so metal detector. I'm thinking especially for people with lots of property and potentially multi-generational treasures, it could be a fun one. No, I think that's a great idea. I know there's a whole field of archaeology based around excavating where all the outhouses were because basically oh. anything that wouldn't burn got dumped in the outhouse hole and then yeah, covered up. And so there's all sorts of interesting things and anything, um, shall we say, less interesting has long since been absorbed into the earth. Yeah, that's right. So, We're not digging through that anymore. No. So my next one was actually a gift I got and have really enjoyed over the last seven years, I think. I found out that I was pregnant with the girl child less than a week before our first year at Farmer's Market. And for anyone who's never been a vendor at Farmer's Market, it's a lot of sitting, a lot, or a lot of standing unless you're pregnant, at which point it becomes a lot of sitting. Anyway, I was gifted a rocking folding chair. So it's like a camp chair, but it rocks. And rather than having rounded rockers, it rocks on pistons. So the base of the chair sits flat 
and the chair itself moves, oh, which is very cool. incredibly nice and even nicer once I then had a baby to take to farmer's market and then promptly was pregnant and taking a baby to farmer's market. So um, does that work well then on kind of uneven ground because it's it, not it rocking does. on a slow and tipping over? They don't tip over backwards nearly as easily because they're mm-hmm. not, the base is stable. So we will be, there are some family members who will be receiving those this year because they borrowed ours and then it took quite a bit of negotiating to get them back. Clearly, so, clearly they like them. Yes, they did. It's also, it's nicer for your back and legs to be able to rock and not just be sitting stagnant. And they're more structured than a lot of camp chairs are. So they're much easier to get out of than the ones where, you know, you sit down and you just sort of slide into the back. Absorb and into the chair. And then it's a production to get out. So Arlene, what's next on your list? So I was using actually our past guest list as a way to brainstorm some ideas. So we've had a lot of people on who have farms, who have maybe products that they sell that they either make, or we've got a few people that we've had on before that have t-shirts or other merch. We've got authors who've written some books in the last few episodes that are really would be really great gift-giving options. So I was thinking that Katie and I will put together a list to remind you of some of our guests who have shops or books or things like that. And then you can support our past guests as well as ourselves. So that was my other idea. What's your next one? I just had to look up to make sure. I received an infusion kit for old fashions at a event recently. The one I got was from the camper crew. They do, so it's got like dried fruit. So the one I got had dried cherries, dried blackberries, orange peels, or dried oranges, and sugar cubes that were infused with cherry bitters. And then you throw that all in a, I think I used a half pint mason jar and fill it up with booze and let it sit, and it infuses all these lovely flavors into whatever alcohol you're using, and then you can make a cocktail quite easily at home. You can use them. The one I got can be used twice, so it makes, I think, 16 drinks worth, which is really not too bad. And I was just thinking it's kind of like those the mason jar recipes. I don't know if they're still a thing, but you know, for a while, everybody was doing it at Christmas, like brownies in yeah, a jar like co- or whatever yeah cookies or yeah. yeah and at least for me they never turned out quite right and like always the recipe gets lost and then you just have this random jar of shit you're like, <laughs> jar stuff yeah not sure what i think like. i think butter and eggs so let's try yeah. <laughs> butter and eggs is always a fair guess but <laughs> yeah i was thinking these infusion kits are kind of like that but good sure um, yeah. a little science experiment yeah. You could give them a, along with the whatever alcohol would go with them or, you know, whatever, or mix or, you know, if they wanted to do a mocktail version, you could give the other parts of it too. Yep. Yeah. And it was the one I got with the dried cherries and dried blackberries turned my whiskey a beautiful garnet color and it was delicious. And being able to make it you know, a half pint at a time is much more reasonable than buying a whole bottle of something mm-hmm. when it's just me consuming it. 
because yeah and then uh, it's like a little science experiment too huh. yeah and it's, science it's and it's healthy because it has fruit in it oh absolutely and it's yes. science so it's yeah basically yeah, it's a, a STEM good activity bee. yes yeah. it's the stem it's measuring yeah. absolutely right are we i love it so my last idea was for stocking stuffers because it feels like that tends to always be the oh crap i have bought all the other things and now i also have to fill a stocking which can get expensive so of course we do the usual like toiletries bath products deodorant all that kind of stuff because that fills up a big chunk of the stocking without too much cost and it's stuff people are going to use anyway but my other idea was to get fidget toys amazon has some great mixed kits with lots of different kind of fidget toys that can be fun for kids and adults and I know that for me, having something to occupy my hands during an online meeting or for my kids in class is helping, you know, helping them concentrate or pay attention to what's going on. And there's also some really cute fidget rings or the jewelry, like chewable jewelry, if you have people who need those kind of sensory inputs. So yeah, that was my other thought. Fidget toys for everyone. So I'm basically, I'm realizing how old and not very interesting my gift ideas sound coming into winter in the northern hemisphere one of my i can't believe i'm about to say this one of my favorite things is my yak tracks they go on the bottom of your boots i have the feeling i probably mentioned them last year i'm bringing it up again because it's well. still cheaper than a trip to the emergency room they're rubber wing dingers that just fit over the bottoms of your boots mine have springs horizontal on the bottom it is there's also a version that has like little spiky cleat sort of things um it is incredible how much more traction they give you on ice i am a big fan of not wiping out on ice i will say however that with the yak tracks if you're like me and you forget to take them off your boots Make sure you take them off before you go in a place like Walmart with the polished concrete floors because they, they don't give you extra traction there. I, uh, the reverse. Of I hope the folks appreciated my rendition of Olympic ice dancing because, yeah, <laughs> I took one step off the mat and just kept going. So, They're like those shoes yes. with the little wheels in the bottom, but yeah. unintentional. Yeah. The, uh, the, Traction on concrete is the inverse of how much they help on ice. Yeah. But if you have a better memory than me, or just aren't lazy and don't just wear your shitty boots everywhere, they are amazing. So, Arlene, would you like to start with our uh, suggestions? Sure. Yeah. So, like I mentioned, we asked in our Barnyard Language Facebook group where you can come and hang out with us and also on our social media for some listener suggestions. So one of the first ones, which always comes up, I think for anyone in Northern climates is those little hand warmer thingies and the foot warmer thingies, the ones you can snap and crack and then they turn into little pockets of warmth that are so delicious. I also like the microwavable kind for my house, the ones that have like rice or beans or whatever in them. I'm sure you can even make those yourself probably. If you were a crafty kind of person, someone even mentioned they like having those on their list for their kids for cuddling after chores. So when you're done, you come in from outside and everybody's hands and feet are cold, you can have those on hand. They also are good for in a stocking too. 
And another person swears by the darn tough work socks from a place in Vermont. They last really well. And they come with a replacement guarantee, which for socks must mean that they are actually darn tough. I will say I have one of those warmies, a neck warmer. It is maybe 18 inches long and it has uh, lavender inside it along with whatever grain is in there. And warming that up and then pulling your sweatshirt hood up over it is perfection. Yeah. So Someone nice. else wrote in and said that their teachers and bus drivers get very dairy Christmas boxes filled with cheeses from our milk. I uh, think anybody probably would appreciate a dairy gift box. I mean, anyone who consumes dairy would. Yeah. I even asked for cheese one year for Christmas. And it if was somebody delicious. sent me cheese for Christmas, I'd be stoked. Yeah. I, I uh, got a bunch of different ones that I wouldn't like. The person went to like a actual cheese shop and got me like the fancy cheeses and I didn't share with anybody. And it was one of my favorite Christmas presents. And I happen to know that we have a number of cheese producers in our listening audience. That's very exciting. Yeah. Um, if they sell online, check them out. Uh, so this was a very specific fire extinguisher, and I wrote down the info because it sounds very cool. I don't think we have Duluth. Is it Duluth Trading Company? That's, that's what it, that the store called. I don't think they ship to Canada, so I may have to go to the States to get one of these. But anyway, it's they have this, what's it called? The Duluth Element E50 fire extinguisher. So it's like a small one, and it's like a powdered one. So it's a chemical reaction that says releases potassium ions and nitrogen that disrupts fires at a molecular level. So it's like one of those tiny fire extinguishers, but it works for all kinds of fires where those compressed air ones are not actually good for kitchen fires. And because it's small, you can put it in a glove box. You can have it in your tractor. They said they come with like a magnetic clip mount. So you can put them in your kitchen, in the shop, wherever you need one. So this person said they were getting them for a bunch of people on their list. And that seems like a really great idea and keeps people safe. So you can't, hopefully they never have to use it, but if they do, you also save their life. Oh, and it also says you can store it in vehicles, even in hot weather. So that means you don't have to worry about it being an issue with going bad, you know, if it were exposed to the elements. So that was a very good idea. Also too, for anyone who's never um, used one of those, I guess, quote unquote, normal fire extinguishers, this being safe to breathe and mess-free is a very good selling point because the stuff inside those fire extinguishers, I mean, obviously better than burning your house down, but very hard on your lungs and horrific to clean up. So two thumbs up for anything else that puts out fires and doesn't hurt your lungs. So the next one here was from a listener who says, we love to support our local communities, so we buy gift cards from local restaurants, shops, salons, bars, etc., at first, we tried to give gift cards specifically to places we knew they used, but got a lot of feedback that it gives them an excuse to try a new place. This is one we've done, too. And it's it's great because it keeps the money local. They're easy to wrap. They're easy to carry. And people get to pick out their own shit. So it's their yeah. fault if they don't like it. Everybody wins. And this one was another teacher suggestion. This one was for Amazon gift cards. And the person said this is what they also give to their friends after having a baby for that middle of the night nursing shopping that you need to do before you forget about it. So, I mean, I know Amazon's not local, 
And I know that there are lots of times that we need to support local businesses, but there are also times where if you live in a rural area and you can't get a thing, you can't, don't want to drive two hours to go and get it, or there isn't a local store that has it, we all know that Amazon is a good place to have something show up at your door without you having to go a really long way to find the thing. So Amazon, we will still support you. Another one that I believe this was one of your sisters, Arlene, that posted this. So, yeah. yeah. My top birthday gift this year was a tool set in a bright shade of pink that my mechanic slash farmer son will be sure to avoid using. And I had added that I have also been known to spray paint the handles of tools fluorescent pink or blaze orange, A, because no one steals them, and B, because when they get laid down in the grass, they are much easier to find if they are a fluorescent color. Yeah, and easy to identify if someone were to walk away with them. You would easily be able to say, I know that's my screwdriver, so give it back. Also, this might not be a bad idea for your, for your gloves. Yeah. Hem husband of mine who is wearing my nice goat skin leather gloves jackass give me my gloves back i know they're mine (laughs) they're stained in a very particular way to me yeah and of course not even placenta but it's something gross and i want my gloves back (laughs) yeah but it was in a very specific pattern that you recognize it's bright red so it's pretty obvious (laughs) got it yeah and as always on any farming you know what should we get our people fresh gloves and Fresh boots are always a must, right? Because, I mean, we all know that we probably wear them too long till they get worn out or get holes or, yeah, just go ahead and buy yourself or your farmer or your kids a new set of workwear so that you're safe and warm. I know that uh, not all of our listeners are in cold climates, but probably a lot of you are. And even if you're not in a cold climate, you just still don't want to have wet feet. So, yeah, new barn clothes, not very exciting, but when you have to wear them every day, it's worth it. A reminder to some of you, because I know I'm not the only one with a family member like this. Waterproof boots are pointless if you wear them until there are holes all the way through them. You cannot bitch about your feet being wet if you have worn your boots till there are holes all the way through them. That's not my fault. It is not my problem. (laughs) Buy some goddamn boots. I feel like this is a marriage counseling episode, Katie. Yeah. It's getting there. I Got guess it. now we know what Jim's getting for Christmas. Going to be boots. <laughs> gloves and, and gloves. boots. <laughs> yep. Sorry, dear. All, All right. right. So we oh. have done our fair question before. So we're going to skip over that one. So Katie came up with a new end of episode question. So hit me with it, Katie. Arlene, what is your favorite Christmas cookie? Or holiday oh cookie? Gosh. Whatever. Holiday cookie. Yeah. That is a hard one. A few years running now, I've done a Christmas cookie baking day with a friend. And one of the recipes that we've done is like a shortbread cookie, like kind of not like, not with, what am I, what word am I looking for? Not like a rolled one, but like a shortbread in a lump. And then you put some cream cheese icing on it and then dip that into crushed candy canes. And that has become one of my new favorites. And also Nanaimo bars. They're not a cookie, but they're a Christmas essential. It sounds amazing. Um, How about you? What's your favorite Christmas baking? Cookie? Square? Bar? When I was a kid, my grandma would make a recipe that I think is actually my great-grandmother's sugar cookie recipe. And I will attempt it again this year. I'm feeling brave. They didn't come out the first time. Mine did not. I am... 
realizing that probably 99% of the problem is memory and not the actual cookies. But when I was a kid, my grandma had a closet in her dining room, which is where she stored, you know, wrapping paper and crayons. And she had a, you know, one of those Rubbermaid boxes, like six inches deep. And that's where the Christmas cookies went. And she would lay them out, you know, so just frosted sugar cookies with the red hots for the eyes on the, the traditional Christmas rabbit. It's yeah. what she had, but to me, a, you know, a rabbit yeah. is the appropriate Christmas cookie shape at this point, you know, and then she'd stack them up with layers of wax paper in between them. And so it was one of my favorites to sort of, you know, stealth my way in there. And they'd be like, you know, three shelves up, so I'd have to stand on something and pick through the layers of wax paper to find the right cookie. Yeah, because yeah. all of the flavors, all of the colors of frosting taste totally different, despite the fact that there's absolutely no actual difference between them. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So I'm realizing that probably most of why my recipe doesn't come out is because I don't have the Tupperware box or the dark closet or... Do you have a rabbit cookie cutter? I do have oh, okay. Well, that's something. I do have Red Hots. So... Maybe oh. just stick them in a bin together for a while and see if they taste better after a week. You can't eat them fresh. Maybe that is actually the problem. Could be. Let's we'll test that theory. Yeah. yeah. Can we keep cookies for a week? That would be my problem. Yeah, right? I'm not very good at Yeah, I'm not very good at Same. that. Same. Any other ideas before we move into our confessing and discussing for this week? Is anything else? I feel like I had another one, but I forgot it again. So must not have been that interesting. That's all right. So we will go ahead and move into our cussing and discussing segment. As always, you can leave us a cussing and discussing on our SpeakPipe at speakpipe.com backslash barnyard language. You can leave us a voice memo and we would love to play it on the show. Or you can send us an email at barnyardlanguage at gmail.com and we will read it out for you. Katie, what are you cussing and discussing this week? So Arlena, I know this is not just me. I know it's being an adult and having people who depend on you to make all the magic happen. And generally, as adults, no one is making the magic happen for us. Kind of sucks. But I feel so fucking grinchy right now. And I'm hoping that once Thanksgiving is over, I will feel better. But I don't want to do the holidays. I am not ready for the holidays. The holidays are always over faster than you think they're going to be, except that it's like, it's like the same as having a baby that the days are long, but the years are short. Mm -hmm. You know, like each day during the holidays takes forever the whole season is over, like lickety split. And then I start thinking about, you know, how my kids are growing up and producing. They're not even going to want to have Christmas and then they'll probably move out and they'll probably never come home again. And, and grocery prices are way up and gift prices are way up and it's, ugh, everything is expensive. And this is the one time of year that noticing that things are expensive or that people are rude or like anything that seems like real life just seems really intrusive and horrible. So if everyone could just back the fuck off so that I can have my goddamn magic. If you need me, I will be watching Cutting Edge and drinking obscene amounts of hot chocolate. You watching Elf without right your off ungrateful with children. Yes. To hell with them. I'm done. I'm out. Elf marathon for the rest of the month. Yes. And also White Christmas and Cutting Edge. I don't know why it's a Christmas movie, but it is in my head. It is the movie I watch every year when I wrap presents. Arlene, what do you have to cuss and discuss? Yeah, so my festive cussing is the Christmas decorations because I do love them. And I try to only keep the ones that I really like. And I enjoy them when they're out, but I hate putting them out. And 
I really hate cleaning them up afterwards. And like I said, I kind of tried to keep Christmas, you know, like after the birthdays, but then that means you're putting out a bunch of stuff to just put it back away again in a few weeks. And there's not really an answer to it because every year I look at all the Christmas decorations in the stores and I think they look pretty. And then I add a few little things just to, you know, because they're cute. And, but then it's just more stuff. I've got so many bins of Christmas stuff. And then the other thing is you're taking other stuff down, but then you feel like you have to clean (laughs) because it's, Obviously, it's in my house. It's dusty. So then those things I'm cleaning, either when I put them away or before I put them out, and then the Christmas stuff you end up cleaning, and it's just stuff. And none of it's necessary, but it is. it just is a thing, right? I feel like, too, this season brings up so much, like, treasured family heirlooms that we should be using because what's the point of having all these things if we're not going if to we use, use them, them. <laughs> but also yeah, that's right. how grinchy am i going to feel if something happens to my like you know 75 year old german nativity scene you know yeah, that's and true. then yeah. i'll have to kill one of my family members and that really does not bring the christmas spirit that ruins christmas for sure it really does yes Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us for another episode of the podcast. And we'll be back next week with a guest and not just us. Thank you, Arlene. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Barnyard Language. If you enjoy the show, we encourage you to support us by becoming a patron. Go to www.patreon.com backslash Barnyard Language to make a small monthly donation to help cover the costs of making the show. Please rate and review the podcast and follow the show so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as Barnyard Language. And on Twitter, we are Barnyard Pod. If you'd like to connect with other farming families, you can join our private Barnyard Language Facebook group. We're always in search of future guests for the podcast. If you or someone you know would like to chat with us, get in touch. We are a proud member of the Positively Farming Media Podcast Network.